So I was going to share this right before uh, the sermon. We like to give testimony sometimes before the sermon to show that we're not just teaching, but Jesus has actually shown up and doing stuff in people's lives. That's supernatural. So we put that on the web. You'll hear it right before a message. It increases our faith when you hear what God's doing in other people's lives. And so, but because of what my wife said and because of what Kirsten said, this is exactly the testimony that came in. So I'm going to read this testimony right now. And um, listen, to, listen, uh, if you're visiting, by the way, we have, we are, we have structure and we are organized. We do. We are. But here's what we believe. We believe the Holy Spirit is organized and structured. We also believe he's extremely spontaneous. So we like him. We give him permission to do both. And the way I like to say it is we're so we are so organized, we can afford to be spontaneous. So when the Holy Spirit is saying something uh, um, like spontaneously, we are not going to get in the way of that. So because it's life. Listen to this testimony. After the Holy Spirit workshop, we, we started a new, we started a brand new series this, uh, in January on the, by the power of his spirit. And our hope was that people would become spiritually alive either for the first time or to be come, to come alive again, to be renewed, to start operating the power of his spirit. Listen to this testimony. And this comes from one of our leaders. Listen to this. I just want to thank you guys for putting last night together, the Holy Spirit workshop last Sunday night. I feel so refreshed, recharged, awakened, excited, filled, you name it, exclamation point. You really don't know just how, uh, caps, how empty your tank caps was until it starts to get filled again. That was me. Also, I feel like there's been areas of my heart that have been reawakened. Areas that in the past I have unintentionally put up walls due to disappointments. I can totally see how the Holy Spirit has been gently nudging me awake again and addressing those areas of my heart that I just didn't want to let be disappointed again. He's been doing this through the messages these past several weeks. The Holy Spirit class, listening to stories that have been upping my faith level and to the genuine, authentic people Uh, At the gathering place. I'm so thankful for our church and for all of you guys. And I just wanted to let you all know. (laughs) That's a great testimony. Oh, Lord. More of that. More of that. Uh, So, Mark, I think we're going to wait. So. So. um, Let's just open our open your palms toward heaven. Because we need heaven on earth. We need more. We need more resources beyond our human efforts and our human resources and human capabilities. And when God's people come together, there's it's a it's a portal for heaven. Jesus said, "Where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there." So let's take advantage of the fact that Jesus is among us today. Lord Jesus, all of us need more of the Holy Spirit. You said it was. You said it was to our advantage that you leave the earth and go back to heaven so you could send the Holy Spirit to us. So, Holy Spirit, we recognize you in this church. We're not afraid of you. We are desperate for you. All of us, all of us need more of you, Holy Spirit. And we believe that you will give us as much as we're hungry and thirsty for. So, Lord, thank you for the testimonies we've had this in January. But now it's February and we need more. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, for more dreams, more visions, more revelations, more hope, 
more peace, more healings, more joy, more spiritual awakenings. Holy Spirit, you are the energy of our lives and the energy of this house. And we ask you for more, more, more. Everybody say more. Say it again. Say more. One more time. More. Amen. Amen. Uh, boy, I want to shift the jam right now, but I, we got to do a few things. So before you do that, you still don't get to come up here yet, Chris. Uh, adult workshop last Sunday night for the Holy Spirit. We had a youth night the night before. And man, Josh Hamilton, our worship pastor, said, I have not seen the Holy Spirit come upon young people like that in a very long time. It was awesome. So uh, a bunch of them got touched, but it looks like Kayla's the only one that has the courage and boldness to come up here and talk about it. So will you tell us what the Lord uh, did with you? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Um, So anytime we do these Holy Spirit nights, I always go into it thinking I'm going to get like one thing. And I always get something way different and way more than I ever hoped for. So for me, this night... uh, I went into it, and, like, immediately when Josh Hamilton started playing, like, I felt God. Like, his presence was there, and, like, everyone just, it was just amazing. And um, one thing that I felt like God was telling me during that time was, like, the, I, I kept hearing, like, the words, be still and know that I'm God. And then I heard him saying, like, be still and know that I'm here for you, and be still and know that I'm listening to you, and just all these things. And that was super significant for me because... At this time, I was super overwhelmed just with, like, uh, work and sports and school, and I was never home, and I was just doing way too many things. And uh, so that was just super significant for me to know that, like, God was there, and, like, just even in my busiest moments, like, God was looking out for me. And so that was really impactful. How awesome is that, that that is exactly what you and Kirsten were saying as well? I think God is talking to us today. What do you guys think? Oh, Lord, may we have ears to hear and hearts to obey and let you be the eye of our storm. You did a good job. That was beautiful. Amen. Let's give her a good job. You still don't get to come up yet, Chris. We're going to do, do a baby dedication. You know what that means? Uh, The way that Jesus designed the church was he gave certain spiritual gifts. A gift is a supernatural ability that you don't earn. You don't get it from school. Uh, A supernatural ability, a gift, is given by God to people in the church. Everyone, when you first come to Christ, Jesus gives you a supernatural ability. It's called a gift of the Spirit. And it's for the purpose of empowering everybody around you and strengthening the church. One of Jan's primary gifts is prophetic, where she is told things by the Holy Spirit, and then she's able to speak them into the church and empower them. So when the leadership was talking about this Holy Spirit series that I will cap next Sunday, we'll end the, spirit, the, the series on the Holy Spirit, though the Holy Spirit won't end, we'll, we'll, in the emphasis, um, we thought about, who should bring a message during this series? And Jan was absolutely one of them because it was one of her areas of strength. So I ask that you open yourself up to receive from one of our senior leaders, Jan Lennington, as she comes and brings the word of the Lord. Let's welcome Jan. Thank you. 
Good morning, everyone. Hey, there's energy in the house. I like that. Um, We have phenomenal teaching in pastors Mark and John, and sometimes you get kind of numbed out to just what um, anointing that we get to experience Sunday by Sunday. And so I just want to call that out and acknowledge that Every Sunday, we experience the supernatural, and we experience the power of the Spirit. Can we just thank them? Mm. And I'm here because I want to illustrate through my life some of the things that we've been talking about, because there's a process in becoming supernatural. And I'm going to be very vulnerable Um, about some of the highs and also some of the lows and some of the pitfalls and the process of learning how to walk in the Holy Spirit day by day. So, um, and some of the stories you've heard before, maybe some of you, um, but I feel like the, the experiences that I've had in the Lord actually teaches some of his processes. And the very first experience that I had shortly after being baptized by the Holy Spirit. And what that means, um, when you receive the Lord, you get the Holy Spirit, so we already have him. But there's another experience where the Holy Spirit actually comes upon you. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm talking about when I talk about being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Um, I was prayed prayed over to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And almost immediately... Um, a couple things happened. The first thing that happened was I was delivered from smoking. Yay. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Keep it on. We could do this as a team. <laughs> uh, and it was almost like I was so filled with something else that there wasn't room for that other substance inside. Um, and along with that, just to talk about smoking, if that's something that you struggle with, Sometimes you will be delivered just like immediately like that, but that, it doesn't always come that way. I also had friends that really had to go before the Lord and work it with him. Sometimes the release of addiction is a process. It's not always instantaneous. However, both are God. So just to put that out there in case you're struggling with an addiction like that. The other thing that happened was that I began to hear the Lord's um, voice. And it was so, um, so not Jan's voice and so loud. And because of the content of what was being said, it only could have been God. And for two weeks straight, all I heard was, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And so, I mean, I was literally just bathed in the love of God. And a natural fruit of being loved by God is you want to give that away. And so the next thing that happened was I would look at somebody and he would say, I love them. I love them. I love them. And then he started giving me information about the people I was looking at. And I've shared this one, I think, last time I was up. Um, But I would look at somebody and it's like, his name is Richard. He's fallen away from me, but his mother's praying for him. And so now comes the question, what do you do with that kind of information? And this is what it means to be on adventure with God. Because our relationship with the Lord was designed to be 
um, very interactive. In the garden, um, two things happened in the garden. Adam was walking with God in the garden. They were established in relationship and then told to be fruitful and to multiply. And so, and then they were also told to subdue the earth. So there's a relational piece and then there's a significance, take dominion piece. And that didn't change even after um, Adam fell into sin. What actually happened when Adam fell into sin was we lost our authority. And everybody that came after him, we lost our authority to have, um, to subdue and take dominion. That was actually given over to the enemy. However, when Jesus came, he bought that back for us. And so what Jesus did for us is a return um, to relationship with God because we were separated from God because of the sin. We were brought back into relationship for the purpose of having significance and blessing the world around us. And so, um, and it's not limited to the church. It's so easy to get into a church thing and we think that we get saved and then we get a life sentence of church attendance. But it's not that. It's so, so, so much more. Just as he spoke to Abraham, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. So we're brought back into relationship with the Lord. We're given the Holy Spirit, and which is a huge blessing. But it's not to stop there. It's to go on, and we are to bless the people around us. So um, I started hearing his voice, and he started giving me information about people. And so in my very timid way, because I'm probably natural, um, I was sharing with Mike before the service, I would actually rather go live in a cave. That's, that's just my natural disposition. I'm an introvert. I'd rather go live in a cave and drink my coffee and watch Downton Abbey. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Um, that's just not going to cut it because there's so much love inside. It begs to be shared. It has to be shared. And it's an interactive relationship. And so um, not being limited to just in here, it's like, what if he wants to impact the people on my job? What if he wants to download information while I'm walking in the grocery store? And Les has shared a lot of stories about that. And also... I'm just curious, since we started this series, has anybody started hearing God's voice more now than, have you started getting little nudges? I'm just curious. Anybody? Okay, there's a few of you. Um, Anyway, back to wherever I was. It doesn't take much to trip me off the track, just so you know. Okay. So part two, Um, when I started hearing God's voice, I automatically assumed that, wow, I must be called into ministry or something. And so I went to a school of evangelism. Some of you may have had the same experience where you have this sense of, I have a call on my life, so I'm going to go get further training. So I went and got further training. 
and one day horror of all horrors to any introvert that would rather live in a cave. They um, put the Romans Road out on um, the board. We were supposed to memorize it. And then we were told, we were sent out onto the streets of North Park and told that we had to share it with somebody. Um, that is so not my personality. Um, and to me, that was an invitation for a gospel assault. So I'm supposed to go up randomly, go up to some person I've never met, totally get into their life, and jam this message on them. Has, has anybody felt kind of uncomfortable with the evangelism thing? Or am I the only, the only one that's kind of felt uncomfortable with that? Now, some people are specifically gifted, um, and the evangelists in the room are going, oh, no, where's she going? Um, but um, some people are specifically gifted to do that, and if that's you, God bless you. Know that that's a spiritual gift, and you go with that. You run with that. But for the rest of us, if that doesn't work, um, there is a way that we are designed to share the Lord out of who we are. And it doesn't necessarily mean memorizing the Roman road, going up to some random stranger and sharing that. Now, um, I'll tell you what I did with that when we were given that instruction. There was one other person in my class that also was absolutely horrified by that. So we went to Winchell's Donuts and talked out loud, talked about the Lord really loud. Um, pardon me? The donuts were good. Um, so, but you know, there was a whole shame that kind of got put on me because of that, because I didn't fit the mold and I wasn't being a fruitful Christian. But what I've learned um, is that there are ways that I can connect with people. There's a couple things that I've learned. One is that he's going to use my personality and who he made me to reach out to people. The second thing is that he very much does want to use the supernatural to open the door to do that. And so since I don't have the Romans Road anointing, um, I have learned that he does use the supernatural. And an example is I was at work and one of my coworkers was talking about how she was going to take her daughter to the doctor because she kept having nightmares. And she would have nightmares. Um, it had been going on for six weeks. And so finally she was, just didn't know what to do, so she was going to go take her daughter to the doctor. And out of my mouth flew, oh, don't take her to the doctor, Kimchi. I'll pray for her. And I'm thinking, why did I just say that? <laughs> so for those of you that are a little bit nervous too, sometimes God will just move through you in spite of yourself. Um, so it, when he does that, just go with it. So I did, you know, I'm killing my inside. I'm just like, why did I say that? But I did pray for her. And the next morning, um, one of our other coworkers um, they were both two Vietnamese co-workers, and I heard them talking to each other in their own language. And then the other co-worker came into my office, and she said, what did you do? How did you do that? Oh, yeah. Phoebe didn't have any more nightmares. She didn't have a nightmare last night. And I heard the Lord say to my heart, um, Jan, I will use my power to unlock people's hearts so you can share the gospel. 
And so she said, I want to know how you did that. And so I said, well, let's go to lunch. And I got to share the gospel with her. So, um, you know, be looking for opportunities like that. And sometimes if you're a little bit nervous, he will come through despite yourself. I have a whole bunch of stories where I'm kind of the reluctant um, Christian. You know, I'm scared and... He makes me do stuff anyway. He, he sets me up in such a way that I have to move forward. There's just no way to go except forward. Um, the other story along those lines was I was on a bus, and there was this guy that was twitching sitting in front of me, um, kind of spastic type thing. And um, I, I heard in my head, um, heal him, cast out demons. I'm six months old in the Lord. Come on. You know, and we were going up Balboa Avenue on the bus, and I thought, oh, good, you know, we're coming right up to Claremont Drive. I'll get off the bus. That wasn't God. I can just ignore this and move on. And he gets off at my stop. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll just keep walking and go home. And um, he goes over, I think he was going to transfer or something, goes to the bus stop. And so... I kept hearing stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger um, heal him, cast out demons. And it's like, I don't know how to do that. And it was like something grabbed me by the heart and made me do a U-turn. And so I go back down, sit on the bus bench, and he is twitching and doing all this stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't know how to do this. And I carried my Bible wherever I went. And he said, Luke 9. And I was a new Christian, so I didn't really know what Luke 9. If you did want to put that scripture up, that would be okay. I totally didn't give them any um, ammo for you. But it was a kind of a surprise. When I read Luke 9, great. I didn't know what it said. So when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, and to cure diseases. <laughs> At this point, I was twitching as... <laughs> and so I got into a conversation with him, and, um, you know, and then how do you do that? So it was like, Jesus? No, but I've heard of him, sort of. And so we had this kind of fantastic conversation back and forth and I kept hearing this inner prompting tell him he's healed and so I said in the name of Jesus you're healed and the demons go and his face cleared like that and I was so freaked out I just said God loves you I love you I gotta go Um, now if that happened today I would have said now on a scale of one to ten, you know, and I would have done the, did you really get, did you really get healed and, you know, do all the checking stuff, but, I mean, his eyes cleared just like that, and, you know, that just blew me away, so the lesson out of that, I mean, I hope, too, that the faith level in the room is rising, that he will use anybody, okay, anybody, and we need to be expectant for anything, that he wants to use us 
to bless the world around us. And sometimes it will be radical like that, and sometimes it will be really subtle. Most of the time it will be subtle, but don't despise the subtle things. Something subtle might be something as basic as with your roommate or your spouse keeping your mouth shut. That can be just as supernatural (laughs) as the big deal. Um, In 1 Peter 3, 1 and on, it talks about the quiet and gentle spirit that sometimes just in holding our tongue and not feeling like we have to control a situation, we set somebody up to be able to hear what they would not hear, and we would actually shut them down if we tried to speak and control the situation. John just said, now I'm meddling. Yeah. (laughs) True enough. So, um, another experience um, that I had, I was working a graveyard shift. Um, I worked a graveyard shift for seven years to put myself through school. And um, I worked at a hotel, and the actual work only took a couple hours. Um, And so I actually had about five hours, you know, that I could either do my homework or sleep. They let me sleep when I was done with the work, or um, study and pray. And that's actually where I learned how to pray. And what I learned about prayer during that time was that prayer isn't so much about me talking to God It's so much more about me listening and so much more about um, aligning myself to the things that he started to say. And the very first thing that he said to me was, you don't need to worry about man or money. I will get you to where you need to go. Um, And so, and then the night after that, he showed me, um, a person in my church that I was supposed to speak to, he said, this person's going to Europe, and I want you to go with them. And it's like, okay. So I went and talked to Jim, and sure enough, he was going to go to Poland to uh, participate in a children's camp in Poland. And so, uh, and he was going to take pictures or do something. I wasn't totally clear on exactly what he was doing, but I'm along for this ride. And what ended up happening was, um, of course, then I'm making $6 an hour working 20 hours a week and going to school the rest of the time. So if you do the numbers, the girl doesn't have funds to do Europe travel. Um, But long story short, the funds came in. Um, Jim got taken out of the picture. Another person got taken into the picture. And in 1986... I'm on my way to Europe, which was the journey of a lifetime. Um, It was an opportunity to learn to trust God. Um, One of the first things we had to do, our visas to Poland didn't come through. This is before the wall came down. So, I mean, it sounded like Mission Impossible stuff. We were going to have to memorize. We were going to have to rent a car in Amsterdam, drive through Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin, and into Poland and memorize all of the places we were supposed to go. We couldn't have any paper on us um, because if the KGB knew that we were there, um, it could put this camp at risk. So um, 
And my traveling companion was a mother of two small children, had never been out of the state of California, and never away from her husband for more than three nights. <laughs> so I was feeling a little bit responsible. Um, and so in praying, um, we, you know, we had an opportunity. We could have gone to The Hague, gotten our visas, but we would have been late to the children's camp. And what was he going to do, take pictures or some random thing? And so God's wisdom... Um, not worth the risk to that dear group of believers having a couple of dumb Americans, you know, who might make a mistake and um, expose them. But we got diverted um, and ended up in a, have you ever heard of Labrie Fellowship in Switzerland? Um, we ended up there. Um, long story short, the, just the process of travel, of losing traveler's checks, um, getting on the road, not even knowing where Switzerland was, um, and having God provide and make up for all of our dumb little mistakes and get us there in one piece. Um, lost travelers' checks found. Um, you know, incredible provision. So another thing that I would like to say about walking with the Lord, and remember he told me you're not going to need to worry about man or money. I will get you to wherever you need to go. And he did get me to where I needed to go and also use that trip to teach me principles of following him that would be taken into every other experience and is sort of a foundation of my philosophy of ministry. A lot of times when he takes us on a short-term trip, it's more about him teaching us than us necessarily giving to the poor people that need our great wisdom. Um, so... And that was a trip like that, although we did have a few opportunities to share the Lord along the way. Um, here's something to do when you have a moment. You know, most people, they kind of bristle when you say journaling. They go, blah. Um, but here's the positive thing about journaling. It gives you an opportunity to track how God has worked with you. And you're able to see themes begin to develop. And so you can um, start to discern how he's working with you, and you can start to discern your gift mix and your calling by looking at your history and seeing how he's worked with you in the past. Oftentimes gives you a clue of what he wants to do with you in the future. And so if journaling grosses you out and stresses you out, um, it doesn't necessarily need to look like keeping a diary. You know, it might be something just as simple as if you have a divine encounter where you took a risk um, and it worked out, write it down. You know, it doesn't need to be this long dissertation of everything that happened in your day. But develop the discipline of tracking how God speaks to you, like in your Bible. Like in my Bible, I love to date scriptures that you know, do the neon light thing. And I like to, I do journal, I've been journaling since 1977, and I do kind of do the, um, I do the highlights of my day, but mainly it's about what God has spoken to me and if he's had me step out. And a lot of times what will happen is I'll think, oh, wow, this is really new. God's doing something new with me. And I'll go back six months, or nine months. That's also an interesting thing if you go back nine months. No coincidences. 
um, I'll think, oh, wow, this is new. And it's like, oh, he said that to me already. (laughs) You know, because he keeps bringing up the same things over and over again. And you will start to see themes. Um, In July, or not July, January 2012, I started coming to this church regularly in December 2011. January 2012 was a very fruitful month. I was hearing things almost every day. Um, In early January, I was driving to work, and I heard the Lord say, today the kingdom hits your workplace. Now let me say something about I heard the Lord say, because that might sound kind of weird. Um, Learning how to discern God's voice is a huge lifetime adventure. I've been walking with the Lord maybe 37 years now, and I feel like I'm just beginning in so many ways. But learning to hear his voice, um, a lot of times it will come in your thoughts, and you'll think that, was that me or was that God? And I think Mark shared this a couple weeks ago. Um, Something that pulls it out is that thought is so not a jam thought. You know, and if you're not sure... You can always ask a friend. Um, like a couple of years ago, I was minding my own business washing dishes, and I heard the Lord say, go to Sedona and call down fire. Okay, well, that's really bizarre. So I called my friend, Paula Fredrickson, who we will probably see in a few months, and said, hey, Paula, I actually wrote to her and said, I got this word, what do you think? And she said, well, I'm on my way to a meeting, but what I can say right now is we know it wasn't Satan. So... <laughs> So we need, we need our friends um, to help us in this process. You know, hearing God's um, voice is really a team sport. And I'm going to say a little bit more about that in a minute. But um, we need one another to discern his voice properly. And your friends are going to have different giftings than you have. And so your friends are going to add fullness to what you've heard. So begin to value and honor the gifting that is in your friends around you. So, um, so it was one of those, my, today the kingdom hits your workplace. It, was, it wasn't something that, you know, I don't know what I was thinking about, but I wasn't thinking about that. So it just came out of nowhere, and we know that wouldn't have been Satan. You know, so I kind of went with it, and it's like, okay. And then I step into my office, and he gives me a word for my coworker, Marjean. And it was kind of a basic word. You know, it wasn't even high-risk word. It was like, God loves you, or something really easy. And let me say that he will meet us where we are. He's not going to have you walk up to some random stranger and do a Sean Boltz. Your address is... Sean Boltz is a highly prophetic person in the church, if you've not heard of him before, who... It knows people's addresses, and I'm just this, um, how specific he is could only be God. When we're just learning, he's not going to, um, with maybe a few exceptions, do something really radical like that with you. It will probably be something easy that is low risk. And just as an aside, um, been doing this for 37 years, and nobody's died yet. So just to take the sense of out of it. We take ourselves so seriously sometimes. But um, so I have a word for Marjean, and my thought was, I know how to do this in the church. 
I know how to do the dump and run word with the people outside of the church, but I don't know how to do this in my office where I see people every single day. And here's the thought that you'll think sometimes is, if I blow this, God is going to look really bad. You know what? God's big enough to take care of his own reputation. And so sometimes sometimes that can become an excuse. And so just go for it because nobody's going to die. Okay? I promise you. So um, being the very courageous, bold woman I am, um, this is 2012, this is five years ago, I said, I was in the I don't want you to look bad thing. So if this is really you, and I know some of you have done this before, just have Marjean come into my office, and she never comes into my office. Well, of course, guess what happened? She came into my office. And so I, um, and then it's like, how do, how do I share something spiritual with somebody that doesn't have any spiritual background? That was another challenge. What I learned is that God will help me with that. And so I was doing one of these, I don't know how to do this, God. I don't know how to bridge the gap between sacred and secular right here. I don't know how to not sound all religious on her. Show me what to do. And so the thought comes into my mind, ask her if she's ever seen touched by an angel. Brilliant. And so I did, and she said, well, I think I saw one episode or something. Thank you, Lord. Um, And so the way that I opened it is I asked her, have you ever been touched by an angel? She said, yes. I said, do you remember the part when the angel at the end says, I have a message from God for you? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, God sometimes sends angels, but sometimes he just uses people, and I think I have a message for you. Would you like to hear it? Is that kind of easy and brilliant? Oh, my God. I couldn't have come up with that one. <laughs> and so um, I shared it with her, and she just broke down in tears and because she was feeling so discouraged and feeling like she couldn't retire, this, that, and the other. And what that one act of obedience did was it opened this door to my whole office. And so it opened a dialogue of talking about spiritual things with Marjean. One of her fears was that she couldn't retire. And within one year of that time, she was able to retire fully funded. So, I mean, God just made a way. But it also opened the door to other colleagues. And I think I shared this story um, four years or so ago. Um, One of my colleagues, her husband was in a horrible car accident. A a tow truck fell on him and crushed all of his ribs. He had two collapsed lungs. He was in ICU. He was told, um, the wife was told, he has a 50% chance of making it. He's strong. Um, But he'll probably be in ICU three weeks. He'll be in the hospital for six weeks. And, um, you know, we'll just see how it goes. Well, I asked her if she would be willing for me to pray for him. And she was, because of all this other spiritual activity that was happening in the office. Uh, And so I went, and I, in my very bold, feeble, courageous 
way um, in ICU, prayed accelerated healing over him. And it was a little bit, um, not as bold as I could be. We're still working on this. I'm a work in progress. Um, and so what ended up happening is the next morning, he pulled his breathing tube out. He was up. Um, this was a Thursday when I went to see him Saturday. They were moving him out of ICU into a regular room. And he was all the way out of the hospital in two weeks. He allowed me to invite Les and Donette into his home um, to pray because he also had a torn retina that they didn't um, detect until later. And so Les and Donette went with me. Les gave him the full-on gospel. He was ministered to um, his eye over a period of three weeks or four weeks healed. He was able to go back to work. Um, and so all of these, that one little, um, you know, risk of God loves you opened up a chain reaction of things in my office. And, and that is another principle, is one act of obedience on your part will literally reverberate into eternity. And so it's not worth... Um, Worrying about God's reputation, worrying about if you're going to look foolish, even if you are a somewhat fearful, reluctant person in the natural, he will still use you. Um, and so I say, go for it. You know, go for it. And I've got just a couple minutes left. Okay, this is, here's a key. Um, in my office, this started in January 2012. There are all of these supernatural things going on. And now there's not so much going on, and I started asking the Lord about that a month ago or so. And here's what he said. This is really key. Um, I have a new um, chair of my department. The leadership has changed. It's been kind of difficult and the things that have come out of my mouth haven't always been um, encouraging or, or good. In fact, I've been downright critical and negative. And when I was asking him, uh, preparing this message, I saw that there is a connection between what comes out of my mouth and what's in my heart and the supernatural activity that will happen around me. And so I started to discern that, wow, my attitude and my mouth has shut down the supernatural in my office. And um, there's also a connection with how you talk about your authorities um, and how respectful you are of the authorities in your life, be it um, a spouse, a pastor, a boss, um, a president, so, um, you know, the way that we treat the authorities in our life, there's a direct correlation between that and how we are able to um, be used of the Lord to bless and, and see supernatural activity come between us, come through us. And so if that's you, that is me, and I am working on this and repenting, um, here are a couple of practical things, because I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room that has ever struggled with any of these things. Um, 
So here are things to avoid. Grumbling and complaining. Speaking against others instead of praying for them. And 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, by the way, tells us to pray for all of the authorities. Um, And so we are commanded to pray for our authorities, not criticize them. And one of the biggest character builders God will use in my life and your life is the authorities that he places us under. The character test is, am I going to bless them regardless of whether they're doing a good job or doing it the way I think that they should do them? Um, And judging and cursing instead of blessing. So those areas will shut down the supernatural activity in your life faster than anything. But we have an opportunity to repent and turn it around. And for some of us, that if you're like me and you have kind of a natural, kind of negative, critical bent, um, it's something that you can work on, and it's a process thing. And so, obviously, stop complaining and grumbling. And I pray for us as a body... Um, that we would become become more sensitive that when something negative comes out, that we'd catch it like that. And so when, like, and it starts in your thinking, so when you have a negative thought, um, before it even has a chance to come out, flip that thing. What is the opposite of that negative thing? Can I find a prayer request or a way to bless when everything in me wants to curse? So flip it. Um, go. Here's something that I am in the process of. Go on a negative thought and talk fast. So become sensitive to what's going on in your mind. And a good thing to do, if you are like Hope was saying, she's kind of gotten away from Facebook and certain news programs, be sensitive to the things that get those thoughts running. And nip it in the bud, go on a fast, get that stuff out of there because it will shut you down. Um, Start looking for ways to bless people and see the positive even when things go wrong. And if we did nothing more than bless the people around us and encourage them, bring words of encouragement, um, and there wasn't anything like a healing or something else, that would be a huge game changer right there. That would shift things um, right there. But I promise you, if we manage the kingdom on the inside of us and the thoughts that we think are aligned with the word of God and with, if a thought comes in that doesn't line up with the word, out it goes, what's going to happen is that's going to spill out on the people around us. It cannot not happen. And so that is just an encouragement to um, manage the kingdom on the inside in order to manifest the kingdom on the outside. So, okay, how much time, or do I have any time? No more time? Okay. Um, I am going to stop there. I do have... um, some words that I would like to share with a few people. So afterwards, um, I'd love to see Julie and Toby, Chris and Cecilia, if they are here. Okay, um, Rachel Roman. And Bells and Brian.
Anyway, um, blessings on us as we move forward in the supernatural. And I know that I know that I know that the water level is rising. And um, we are seeing miracles down here just about every week now. And it's just going to increase and increase. Um, So let's just go for it. Okay, Chris and Sessia just walked out. I'm texting him to get back in here. So hopefully they will be able to do that. Um, yeah, so we uh, we want to make sure we have uh, the prayer teams. First of all, was that awesome? Yeah.